Hello, you're listening to Notes. It's just me on the show, and I rant about some things that I just wanted to talk about. It's fascinating. <laughs> um, follow the show on Instagram at Carlos Can't Dance. That's where I post most of the stuff that uh, I want to talk about. I don't really like any of the social medias right now. And I have a news- newsletter where you can also find out about there where I compare songs to each other and talk about that stuff. Uh, if anybody wants to be on notes, just send me a DM and we can set up an interview. It'd be really fun. That's it. I'm just waiting for this drum solo to end now. Um, also, uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Number one, October 26th, 2020. 10:28 a.m. Morning exercise routine. Half burpees, plank alternating toe taps, side plank, up down plank, butt kicks, high knees, squat jumps. This is just an exercise routine that I'm doing now. And it's not crazy challenging but it's one that I'm trying to perfect the most basic moves you know and it's the first time in my life that I've been excited to exercise and I felt good and positive about it like I feel like it's very enriching and not tearing me down and I feel very proud of that and and the reason that it's well the reason that it was so negative was be- before was because i've had so much body shame in my life i mean i used to be really overweight until probably about the 8th grade i i around the the beginning of the 8th grade i weighed about like 230 pounds and i was i was uh maybe like 58 or something so, you know, I was like a, I was like a chunky kid, you know, and, um, my dad was too, when he was a kid, um, I think he, he weighed about 300 pounds around my age and, uh, he was born with bow legs too. So like, you know, made fun of a lot as a kid and he liked to play baseball. So my, my dad had bow legs. He was, he was which like, if you don't know what bow legs are there, they're just curved legs and his curved inward. So one of his legs was like really bent um, towards the center. So it looked like a bow. And so he would play, he would play baseball and, uh, you know, people would like call him like a penguin and stuff like that. But my, you know, my dad grew up in the Bronx, so he's like really thick skinned about this now. (laughs) And uh, he later um, later got a surgery. They broke his shins. They broke his shins to make his, his leg go straight. And has the scars. And he would talk about the screws that they put in his legs and stuff like that. And, and so ever since then, my dad has just loved being outside. Like, loved being outside. Because um, when he got the surgery, there, were, there was like a year or two I know it was longer than a year, a long time that it took him to recover from, from, from that. And he just couldn't, he was in a wheelchair and he couldn't do anything. He couldn't play baseball, which he loved to do. 
So now, I mean, now he just loves being outside. If there's, if, if I had to imagine my dad's perfect day, it would be fresh cut grass, stretching out in the grass and playing baseball. And, uh, so anyway, so I had a, an active dad and around eighth grade, I lost a bunch of weight with some of his advice on how to do it. And suddenly in my freshman year of high school, started a new, you know, social life. And I was skinny Carlos, you know, I, it was like, I was a totally different person and there's some positives and negatives to that, you know, like the positives were that I, I felt like people would talk to me more and that I, it was easier for me to be social where it was more difficult in the eighth grade. And that could be me feeling better about myself. It all, it could also be people just feeling better approaching me or something. And that's, what's kind of dark about it is that I think that, I think that that freshman year of high school, like I learned, oh, I can change my body and people will like it. You know, like people will uh, think better of me if I change my body a certain way. And I had that idea reinforced for me <clears throat> pretty young. And so uh, anyway, I I thought that being skinny would would make me feel better and you know, if you're a person at home listening and struggling with it the way that I have, it's not going to make you feel better being skinny or changing your body. Like people might treat you differently. People might see you differently, perceive you as differently, but you will probably treat yourself the same way you did uh, when you were not skinny. That's what I did. And so it took me a long time. It took me a long time to actually like myself, uh, and like my body, uh, in a meaningful way. And, and, and you know what, like people don't talk about losing weight. Like there's all these, there's all these like harsh critics on the internet. These, these dudes that are like, and just lose weight and like, just go to the exercise, do all that stuff. And, and maybe you, you can like yourself then. But like, they don't like I, those people don't get it. Like they just don't get it. You know, um, liking yourself and the shape of your body are separate things. They can overlap, right? But they're separate, you know, and going to the gym, exercising, dieting, it can be self-flagellation if uh, you don't like yourself. That's what it was for me, you know. It was it was me beating up on myself and trying to use the cheap, cheap fuel of shame and like self-hatred in order to get myself to exercise or to eat right. And that stuff is unsustainable because it feels horrible the whole time like you're not enjoying it you know you're not enjoying eating better quote unquote you're not enjoying being more active and exercising and stuff because what it is for you is like is like just a form of like self-flagellation you know even and and then even if you do change your body type it's not like 
it's not like it suddenly changes overnight into you go from fat to Captain America in a month, you know? It's like for me, I lost a ton of weight. I was 230. I went down to about 150, 150 something at my skinniest. I was a rail at one point. And even though I was that skinny, I still had loose skin, you know, like I had a little bit on my stomach, but the worst part, dude, the worst part is the man boob skin. You know, it's like my pecs. Oh God. It was just like, I was so, um, I was so down on myself because like, I thought I had lost all this weight. I had done all this work and then I still had the remnants of what I had before of, of being fat. And and I didn't have like anybody to talk to about it and like talk about it in a way that was, I don't know, healthier building. So like I just dealt with that on my own. And the way that I dealt with that on my own is I didn't take off my shirt in front of anybody until like my sophomore year of freaking college. I mean, it was like, it was such a long time that I felt like so insecure and so scared you know, of, of my own body. And, and I don't think people would really know that, you know, there's, I, I, there's some people, sometimes it came up, uh, in, in small ways, but yeah, it's just, it's a lot. And so I don't know, quarantine and just, I don't know, growing up being in my mid twenties, I've been reevaluating it lately. And then going through quarantine and needing some kind of routine that I make for myself has just allowed me to, to commit to exercise and not only exercise, but, um, positive thinking, you know, um, congratulating myself for my small victories and not just expecting to become Captain America one day, you know, uh, and I'm really proud of myself for that, you know, it was a, it's, it was a, long long journey that I'm still going through but like I don't know this is the one time where I feel really good about it and um, I could talk about this for a long time but sometimes people come on the show on notes and they they talk about body shame and they talk about eating disorders and things like that and um you know, it, it always makes me sad because all the people that I interview, I interview them because I think they're really interesting. They'll have something to say. They have something to share. Um, they talk well. They're talented. Like, there's something about them that I think I want to share with other people and highlight for other people. Um, and, and, and to see see somebody who I admire be so down on themselves, it makes me want to like reach out and save them and be like, no, 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 don't feel that. But you know that sometimes that impulse of saying no, don't feel that is more about denying is more about um, trying to make yourself feel better, right? Than actually trying to make them feel better. And also like if giving advice, if not giving advice, if if telling someone, oh no, you're beautiful, when they telling you they don't feel beautiful, if that worked, I mean, we would have solved, we would have solved it a long time ago. We would have solved this body positivity 
I mean, body negativity crisis a long time ago. Um, you know, so when those people come on the show, uh, I don't want to tell my story because it, you know, take away from the interview and I just want to give it the space that it deserves, you know, and, uh, yeah, I don't really, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about that. Um, yeah, if anybody wants to talk to me about it, let's do it. You want a body episode? Let's do a body episode. Oh, I should do a body episode. Maybe the next one. Number two, September 14th, 2020 at 5.37 p.m. The Wolf of Wall Street, one beautiful scene. The girlfriend who cuts hair. I love the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, you have to be careful who you say that to because uh, there's some there's some dudes that like that movie because there's boobs in it, <laughs> and they kind of ruin they ruin it for the rest of us when they tell people they love that movie because there's so many boobs and drugs in it. And they make us look stupid. But there's a moral center to that movie that I think is is so well done. And there's you know lots of uh, uh, lots of comments about class that are also well done. Anyway, there's one scene in it that I think is so gorgeous, and it happens in the middle of the movie and it's just devastating and it's between Jordan Belfont he's the Belfort he's the main character that's uh, Leonardo and then his wife who he, uh, he describes earlier as she cuts hair I have a wife she cuts hair just such a it's such a yeah and she catches him cheating you know by the halfway point of the movie Jordan is making millions of dollars. He's doing cocaine and quaaludes and shit. And he's going out on crazy parties. And he's been cheating on her for a long time. But this is the one where, like, he finally gets caught. And so he's, she finds him cheating. She's, like, hitting him. She's yelling. She's crying. She's doing all this stuff. And they're outside of Trump Tower, actually. So they're just covered in gold, you know. And she says, she asks him a question. She says, do you love her? And Jordan says nothing. And she starts crying and he just kind of feels awkward, you know? And it's such an amazing scene because from her perspective, his silence means yes, and that their relationship is over. But she's wrong about that, right? She thinks that Jordan is a person that has empathy, that has feelings of love, and who has just fallen in love with another woman and is moving on. And Jordan at that point has proved to the audience that he is so vapid and shallow and lacking a moral center that it's not possible for him to be falling in love. It's not possible for him to have intimacy 
with friends or, uh, you know, romantic partners or family or anything, right? And so what, what's so brilliant about that line is that it shows that this is a huge moment for her, obviously, but she's still a, like naive to what's actually going on. She's still like very quaint and still very, she's a good person. You know, she's still a good person, even though she's gone on this crazy journey with Jordan to earning a lot of money and to going to traveling to different places and doing whatever you do with all that money. It never changed her as being a person who who's capable of emotional intimacy, you know, who still believes in love in the world. And it's such it's such a great scene because it's in the middle of the movie and usually that point in the movie is the rock bottom for the main character and Jordan doesn't think about it at all for the rest of the movie it never comes up there's never a flashback they're never like hey what happened to my old wife it never comes up he just moves in with Margot Robbie and gets on with his life and his silence that she interprets as yes I've fallen in love with another woman his silence is revealed to mean you don't love me for the external reasons I want to be loved, right? Jordan wants to be loved because he has a lot of money, because he's a good salesman, because he has some crazy boat, because he does some certain drugs. You know, he wants to be loved for those things. And using the word love is a little hacky, but because but I don't have another word. So, um, and so, so. And he's also saying, like, you don't give me status. You don't do drugs with me. You don't care about the new life that I have as a, as a cold-blooded capitalist that steals money from people. Uh, you don't care about that. And I need someone who cares about the superficial life that I'm living now. This woman was with him when... They had nothing. You know, they opened the movie with his first wife offering to sell her engagement ring, offering to sell the symbol of their love because she believes it's so non-physical that she's willing to sell the ring to make rent. You know, the, 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 the ring doesn't mean anything. I'm with Jordan. I have the thing that I want, you know, she's saying. And we can make rent. And Jordan's really, you know, he doesn't want to do that. She helps him find one of his first jobs. She helps him find the first job that started making him a ton of money. Right? She gives him some advice on how to make more money in that job, that which he takes and then takes credit for. And then she's with him when they start going on the come up, you know? And... It's just, she's unappreciated by Jordan. And then Scorsese does this brilliant thing where he unappreciates her in the film, right? It's almost like she, it's to the film, it's almost like she doesn't even matter. And the things that she contributed to him are huge, but they're never emphasized ever again. 
Like you as the observer of the movie have to make the moral decisions to say, wait, what happened to Jordan's life? And what was the, what were the good, who were the good people in Jordan's life and who were the bad influences in Jordan's life? And you have to find them because Scorsese isn't going to highlight the good things with like, you know, a, a big score and flashbacks, you know, use the force Luke and, or like, uh, or like some kind of like framing that's like, Hey, this thing is important. You know? So, so that's why I think it's so easy to miss on your first viewing of that film. And it's a great scene. You got to watch it guys. Got watch, watch the movie. Number three. March 12th, 2020, at 3.06 p.m., watching traffic and thinking about all the big toes moving these big cars and trucks, big toes with big jobs, commute poems, kids' book, work boots and big trucks, comfy sneakers and minivans, high heels and sedans, Tims and Subarus, sneakerheads and Subarus, bare feet and Jeeps. Um, I write I write these series of poems in my notes called commute poems, and this one I remember writing I think when I was on my bike, and I stopped like on the side of the street because I was thinking about the cars that were going by and all cars and trucks are, you, you press go, you make cars go with your feet. And so I was like, there are so many just like little tiny feet in this city pushing on these little levers and making these giant cars go, you know, like, I don't know. I was trying to like, imagine looking at a car driving by you and instead of seeing it as a car, think of it as like a big toe, <laughs> just a tiny little big toe in charge of this giant, you know, four ton truck or whatever, or this tiny little big toe that's driving this really fancy car that dudes buy to like impress girls or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, there are these little big toes that have, that have these big jobs, you know? And so, uh, I've been wanting to write a kid's book and, and I was like, Oh, that, that seems like a kid's book idea. Uh, so it would be like matching shoes with different types of cars, right? So you could do this in a tons of different ways. You could do it in a way that like uh, that plays on stereotypes. So so one of them was bare feet and Jeeps. So you know, like people love to buy those like Jeep Wranglers with with no doors and no roofs and stuff. And I'm just imagining like the type of person that would want that car would also be like, I'm a free spirit and I don't wear shoes, you know, whatever. Uh, so like you could play off of those things or you could, you know, subvert them to do whatever you want. You know, it's like everybody's whatever. And then so, so I was trying to like, oh, sneakerheads and Subarus. Like I would love to have just like a representation for sneakerhead culture in a kid's book. That'd be so funny and, and cool. I feel like people would like that. And um, high heels and sedans, you know, professional people 
comfy sneakers and minivans, moms and dads and stuff with their sketchers. You know what? You remember those freaking shape up sketchers that had like the crazy heels and they're like walking these shoes and it's like exercise all day. It's like, hey, that's walking. <laughs> walking is exercise all day. <laughs> um, uh, work boots and big trucks. Uh, so yeah, so I'm just pairing like the shoes with the toes and the, and the cars. Is that weird? <laughs> I like that idea a lot. I should do something with that. Thank you for listening. Follow the show on Instagram at Carlos can't dance. Find out more about my newsletter. If you want, I post about it there and that is it. That's all I have to say. See you later.